Greetings and welcome to Chasing the American Dream. I'm your host, Craig Tribal, and what we do on this podcast is farmers, ranchers, contractors, business people of all stripes. We come together and discuss our journey chasing the American Dream. With me today is Mr. Phil Thurston. How are you, Phil? I'm doing well. How are you this morning, Craig? Good. And, and also with me today is Mr. McDermott. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Mick. And I should say our usual. Hi, Mick. Hi, Craig. <laughs> there we go. So, guys, I want to pull us together and talk about our business structures, how how Conklin is is structured, and and the reason why I wanted to bring this to bring this up and and talk about this is, you know, every seems like every fall. About this time of year, I'm perusing the news sites, and, and all of a sudden, I'll see some article all distressed about multi-level marketing and people being involved in multi-level marketing and, um, you know, just evil, bad, bad, bad. And then I always like to peruse the comments on, on the uh, on the article, and it's, it's always amusing to me, you know, that Grandma you know, third's cousin's ex-wife sunk the family fortune and disaster ensued. And honestly, yeah, these things happen. Uh, There are, in my opinion, not good companies, not good programs, and not good products. But then there are very good companies and very good products and very, very legitimate opportunities. And so I wanted to bring the two of you in here with me because I know you, Phil, have experience with another company that's that's pretty up here, multi-level marketing. Uh, Mick and I are kind of ignorant because the only thing we know is, is Conklin and just being out in the world doing business. Um, you know, so so let's try to, you know, let's, let's, to me, you know, it's it's... It's not whether MLM or network marketing or direct sales or those type of things are good or bad. It it's always about the company, about the opportunity, uh, about the products they carry, and whether it's you know helps me make make a decision on this. This could be a legitimate business opportunity. Um, so, I guess I'm looking. I guess my question is, what are your what are your thoughts? And I'll start with Phil. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, topic well Craig I think you've touched on quite a number of the different points I I look at or I would look at uh, and and I'm thinking of a person who maybe just like you just said hasn't uh, hasn't had any experience with a company that does any kind of network marketing or multi-level marketing or direct sales and so in other words you're you're looking at a, a company uh, that uh, has something of interest to you. And just to try and very quickly give an overview like you did, uh, it's, it's like a lot of other opportunities. Is it, uh, is it something brand new? Is it something that's established? In other words, does the company have a track record? Uh, if so, what's the track record? Uh, normally with uh, a multi-level marketing or direct sales, the, the products are uh, the key as far as what the company is about. Well, what are the products? 
Um, you know, if it's a, a product that is a small item, a very inexpensive, consumer-driven, uh, then you need to you need to look at it from the standpoint of uh, this is just something most people are going to buy without a great deal of thought. Maybe they make use of it, maybe they don't, uh, just because of the inexpense of it. If they have more substantial products, are they good products? Are they useful products? Are they uh, products that deliver what they promise? Uh, in in whatever it is you're trying to do, whether it's for yourself or whether it's for using your own business, your own shop kind of uh, situation. Uh, and then again, you know, like I said a minute ago, you know, what's the track record of the history or uh, of the company? Does it have uh, a number of distributors? Usually, is how we refer to people involved with those kind of companies uh, or independent business operators. IBOs is a term that's often used. Uh, are there a lot of those people who have been with the company for some long, fairly long period of time, or maybe a very long period of time, who have been successful and are willing to be open and honest about you know what their success has been like? Uh, most businesses, uh, you know, whether it's you being in business as a distributor uh, or the company backing the product, uh, they don't become. They don't become big. They don't become uh, uh, huge cash uh, uh, cash revenue generators overnight. And so, what's the story behind the company? Uh, I agree with you. You you briefly touched on that. It is really not so important what the business structure is, whether it's pure multi-level marketing or uh, direct sales. Uh, you know, people people get hung up on catchphrases like pyramid schemes and uh, well that that company is just a pyramid well every corporation I'm familiar with is a pyramid there's somebody who's the CEO uh, president chairman of the board uh, who's going to direct the company and everybody else below that is is basically uh, going to follow that lead well that's a pyramid um before we dive off on that, because I, I, I got some pretty humorous stories on that, um, I want to get Mick's opinion on what we just, what what I just asked. Well, you know, my my thought is, you, you take multi-level marketing. How is that a pyramid? The thing is, is anybody can go to the top of this, and you're not keeping the people ahead of you up there if they don't do their part they're not going with you and uh proof proof to that is is there is been three people above me that are no longer even in the business and it's because they didn't have the gumption to get out there and do the job to make things happen to keep it going to stay ahead of me uh not that i'm that much of a go-getter but those, those are the way these things can happen is you can go right around the people above you. So how is that a pyramid? Well, and that's my point on doing your due diligence. You know, if you're if you're legitimately looking looking at an opportunity, you know, you need to you need to have some understanding of how the world works at large, and how money moves, and how products are made, how they're brought to market, um, and and understand your role in you know what if you take this opportunity what your role is going to be uh and what you need to do i'll go back on on something you know i was raised in a world of small business you know my parents 
had their own business. Uh, it was a straight corporation. They, you know, they owned it. Dad was president. Mom was whatever. And, um, you know, they, they worked it as a team and, you know, there were some outside investors in that, in their corporation. And, you know, my dad, you know, he had patented, he had a patent and we manufactured the product around that patent. But prior to that, you know, my great uncle, uh, again, this on my dad's side of the family, my great uncle, you know, he started life off as a bricklayer, stonemason. And he had the opportunity to buy a cement block plant during the depression. He bought a cement block plant. Um, and then he bought what we would call today the intellectual property uh, around a precast concrete step. And so it was all the all the IP, all the marketing rights. It was it was all his. He bought it all. He didn't invent it. He just he just bought this. And he he wanted to build out this opportunity. And what he chose to do was was the franchise model. So if you think about a lot of the the businesses we we work with in this country, you know, especially in the food food world, you know, they're they're local franchises. In other words, a local person has bought this franchise, and and in order to do that, you know, they have to have specific real estate. They've they've got to be able to pay for putting up the building and buying the equipment. Um, you know, they're they're going to be out uh, of couple names out i try not to do that you know you're gonna be a mcdonald's franchise um you know you do it mcdonald's what but and same thing you know harley davidson you know if you're gonna be a harley davidson dealer your buildings your your floor plans you know harley davidson controls all that and and you're given a defined territory um and that's what my uncle did with that with that concrete step and he, he had these you know these franchises scattered all over the upper midwest and and you know when he died you know he had ready mixed plants from canada to south texas he had you know these step plants franchised out all over um you know very successful for him he was at the top of the pyramid it was his deal it was his way um you know he had company he owned the stuff and he took all the risk and he put all the work in and he was going to re reap the you know the benefit of it um you know that doesn't mean that his the people who had the franchises it doesn't mean that they weren't winning either they were i mean you truly have to create these win-win situations um and so now we move over to like conklin well you know it's a little different you know we you know mick you've built a tremendous business basically applying the products in other words you have a roofing company a commercial roofing company you work in a very specific market segment you've built a company around these products and, and you've made tremendous money owning your own company applying these products um, the nice thing is because there is that MLM aspect to it you've been able to bring other contractors this opportunity other you know young old you know in between established brand new i mean they're all types of of businesses and you're as and in that role you're functioning as a distributor and and you're basically earning commissions on the volume going by is it a you know in terms of a percentage it's not a huge amount 
but there's enough volume going by that it's a really nice residual income and it gives you the opportunity to say you know i'm gonna let the young guys go get on the roof today and i'm gonna go focus on other aspects of this business because honestly we're all you know every one of us in this world we're getting older every day (laughs) and eventually eventually you don't you don't want to have to go out there under the hot sun and make your brains out doing this so um i I just kind of want to bring that aspect up now phil i'm going to toggle back over to you and and pick on you because i remember when you were with the other company and you swung by i was milking cows at that time and and uh i was dairying and and to be honest i was probably you know as broke as you could be and overworked and didn't get enough sleep and stressed out and and uh you know you come by saying hey i got this great opportunity once you come look at it and i'm like you gotta be kidding me I'm barely going to do what I'm doing now. And, and you know, you you kind of did the usual trick of, hey, just jump in the car and come on. I'll, I'll take you down there and we'll go to this thing. There'll be food and water and, and you can relax a little bit and soak this up and, and, and think about it. So, okay, well, you know, to be honest, the reason why I jumped in the car that day, went with you, was I was at my wit's end. I, I just, I needed to get away from the farm. Right. Um, and, and I had absolutely no interest in business or the business opportunity. I just, I just wanted, I just wanted a way. <laughs> I wanted to go somewhere and see something different. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we went to that meeting and it was a tip proverbial, you know, hotel meeting. Um, you know, we're sitting there in the chairs and there's a, you know, slideshow and presentation and, and all that going on. <clears throat> and, I thought about it and you circled back around to me and said, well, what do you think? You know, I really want you to you know, come on board with me. And you and I have a long history, <coughs> pardon me, of working together. And I remember, you know, seriously looking at the opportunity and, and there were two things going through my mind was number one, you know, my time commitment. I'm, I'm already, I'm, I'm hard involved in agriculture. I'm working with cattle every day and I believe in multiple streams of income. I really do. Um, if, if you do not have multiple streams of income, you need to be finding them, especially right. in this economy today. But they also need to kind of be in line with what you're already doing. Um, I know a lot of producers, you know, running big acres. Um, and they maybe as a, as a farm, as a business, as a family decide, all right, we're going to be a dealer for uh, center pivot irrigation systems, or we're going to be a dealer for, um, a seed company. Right. Uh, in our case, you know, I can, I can through Conklin can come to them and say, look, you can be a dealer for our, our ag inputs. It fits with what you're already doing. And so they're adding that extra stream of revenue but it, it's in line with what they're already working on and and in my case your you know the opportunity you presented me really wasn't in line with what i was was doing and the other side of it is you know you talked about the products and every company will tell you we have a unique product we have a unique something 
And you really need to sit down and evaluate that claim. Is it really that unique? Right. And, and it may very well be, but it may very well be that your management or your the how you conduct your life is such that you'll never see, understand, or, or benefit from that uniqueness and that difference. So, um, right. I think that yeah. like into this to this evaluation of these opportunities. Well, and that's a good way to that's a good way to state it because, in other words, kind of circling back to where we started, just discussions of of companies in general that you can become involved with as an income opportunity. Uh, you know, there's some there's some just old basic truths that come to mind. Uh, you know, get rich quick schemes rarely work. Well, you know, we say that for a reason, and. Uh, I, a company, I'll use that term kind of loosely in this example, you know, a company that is operating as a multi-level marketing, is a brand new company, uh, doesn't have much in the way of a product uh, or, or has a product, not a product line, uh, and is talking about how many, uh, you pick your number, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars you can make in the next few days, few weeks, few months. Uh, you know, that begins to speak a lot to a, a get rich quick scheme and that that should raise red flags with most people. Uh, doesn't matter what the company structure is. Uh, you know, that could be a company offering you a job, a, a W-2, you know, so many hours for so many dollars an hour work uh, schedule. Uh, but but still that overall uh, picture should raise some questions in your mind. And then, so, so if you step away from those kind of offers, those kind of situations and look like we talked about earlier at a more established company, company with a product line, not a single product or not just one or two, three items uh, and products that you can see have a substantial place in the market have have genuine use and are good quality products uh, and a company that's offering over a period of time an opportunity for you just as Mick said based on how much effort uh, you put into uh, building your own part of that company uh, building your own part of that business network uh, into some income uh, th then you're talking more about uh, a, a investment and an ongoing business uh, that is partly your own and is partly dependent on the company you're doing business with. And, and we get away from uh, thinking about uh, get rich quick schemes and pyramid schemes. And we talk more about uh, what is this business? What is this product? Uh, you know, what's the, the future use and, and who are the clientele, which is a little bit what you just brought up too. Uh, you know, if it's something that you're familiar with, uh, you, you've already advanced yourself along the curve of uh, knowing what you're talking about as far as promoting a product or selling a product or uh, selling uh, even the opportunity to someone else. And a lot of people get very nervous when we start talking about selling. And the fact of the matter is, is even if you're just working hours on the clock for a company, uh, you're selling something. In that case, you're selling nothing more than just your time each day uh, to that company and they make use of your time. So people sell all the time. People promote things, especially today on social media. People say, hey, give a shout out to this product or this company. I like what they've got. They did good things for me. That's selling. 
Now that wasn't necessarily selling for commission or selling for uh, 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 some kind of uh, repayment. You just gave that free gratis. But right. people sell all the time. They get a little bit uh, uh, uptight when we talk about them actually going out and doing it on purpose for the point of making a commission or making a profit margin or somehow advancing their own their own business uh and and you know different people uh can do sales work as we say you know can speak uh to uh to people about a product or service uh, at different levels uh but that's just something like you said again if you're matched with something you know something about or something you are personally interested in those issues kind of become secondary uh if it's, if it's a product you know how to make use of it you've had good luck with it uh chances are you're going to promote it uh whether you're actually in the business of uh, selling it or making it available as a distributor or not right so i, I have to tell our, our listening audience here that uh speaking of selling you know mick and i are you know we're way outside our comfort zone uh today uh we're actually working a booth at the tulsa state fair just for the day we have some we have some conklin distributors who have the amish faith and they are they have a stand to, at the fair where they're actually selling candies um and they asked us you know since it's sunday and they you know they need to they need to be at church and they need to be taking care of, of things there if, if we would come over to the fair and, and and kind of fill in for them for the day and and so we're here so if you're hearing background noise and and that sort of thing that that's what we're doing and i, I bring that up because you know mick had a customer while we were talking but i wanted to give mick a chance to chime in what are we chiming in here well we were uh we were kind of talking about the opportunity the um you know, evaluating the opportunity and, and Phil had kind of gone off in the direction of sales uh, and how uncomfortable people can get about that and making the point that, you know, you're really selling every day. If you want to, if you want to meet a great salesman, um, you know, be here in this booth with us when about a five or six year old kid comes in and sees all the candy. That kid is a master salesman at working with mom and dad on getting them to buy some candy. I mean, it's it's that unbridled enthusiasm as of a five-year-old that you really need to find when you're doing sales work. Well, I've never considered, you know, we we just tell people what we got, how it is, and uh, if they want it, fine. If not, fine. So I, I don't really look at that as being a salesman, but it, it's an important part of this whole puzzle of making things flow. Um, you know, we, we've been doing this for 28 years and have been very successful in what we've done. Um, you know, the network marketing part of it, there, there's a little bit of sales goes on there, but the fact of the matter is, is we just tell people what we're doing and if they like it, fine. If they don't, that's okay too. We don't really care. And, uh, we, we just kind of keep moving on down the road. Well, that's, that's something I run into on the ag side of things. Um, you know, I'll, I work with, you know, producers and a lot of times, you know, we're starting with, with soil testing. So, you know, the first thing is there's a great, there's a great opportunity to have a business to just, you know, going out for hire and, 
and pulling soil, you know, pulling the cores and, and doing the sampling, whether it's grid sampling or composite or or whatever. Um, it takes it takes money, it takes equipment. You gotta you gotta show up to do it. You need to get paid for it. But you know, then we get the results back and we start talking about products and placements and opportunities to improve their efficiency or, or improve their yields or save their input costs. Um, sometimes all of the above. Um, but we always get down to that decision of, okay, how, how do you want to buy this? Um, I'll be more than happy to sell you all you want at a price you cannot afford. And that's retail. Um, you know, and I don't want to do that. I'm a terrible storekeeper. Um, not my thing, but you know, eventually in, in terms of the ag side of it, you know, we've got about four different options and a couple of different price points for these producers to buy a product and, and they don't have to be a distributor to get the best pricing. They, they just have to be a, a wholesale customer and there's two ways to do it, you know, to be a wholesale customer. You either just flat out are buying enough at one time that, that, you know, your, your quantities are such, your volume is such that, yeah, we're going to give you the best pricing because you're, you're a nice, you know, you're a great customer. Um, the other side of the coin is for folks that are not sure where they're going or what they're doing. You know, we just say, Hey, why don't you go to our agronomy training program, pay, you know, buy that, pay for that. And, and we'll give you a commitment that, you know, we will give you wholesale pricing um if you do that and and you're not restricted on volume um the third option would be you know become a distributor as well because that gives you the earning side of it as well so you present this with these people and and, and sometimes you run into them and it's it's oh it's one of them things you know it's it's a multi-level marketing or it's a network marketing and and everything i've read heard and, and been told is these are bad and that's not necessarily the case. It's it's just a tool the company used to you know give an opportunity to producers to have an additional stream of revenue. Um, it's it's not evil and bad of itself. Um, you know the other other side of the coin. I had a, a young lady working for me, um, a really bright girl, real go getter, and and. Uh, and even though she'd worked for me for about a year and a half, she she kind of popped up one day and says, I'm, I'm following your lead. I'm doing one of them one of them pyramid things. And I kind of stopped and looked at her like, dude, what? <laughs> well, she was selling some eyelash thing. She, she, you know, she liked the big fake eyelashes and she'd found a company that had the big fake eyelashes she liked. And, and she, became one of their their distributors well you're talking about a college kid that's sitting there you know on social media all the time and, and i suppose out of you know 15 20 minutes worth of effort every day you know she was dragging in five six hundred bucks a month and she was pretty excited about that and you know that's a that's a legitimate little opportunity you know if you can drag an extra five six hundred bucks a month in that's that's pretty nifty um and she did it for a few years and then you know she graduated from college and went on with her life but you know it was it was five six hundred dollars a month quick cash it wasn't a long-term 
business opportunity that she could sink her teeth into and really, really pursue entrepreneurship and business ownership and and being in control of her own destiny. Um, that that was the difference. Uh, and then I had to explain to her, you know, when she popped off about the pyramid scheme, I'm going to circle back around to that. Um, you know, I was just laughing at her, and I said, you know, if you look around the world at all the businesses we see, most of them are pyramid shaped. You you have a CEO on top, and, and then you have all the layers down to the to the lowly hourly factory worker down there in the bottom. Um, you know, they're they're all kind of shaped that way. That's kind of a pyramid, and and we're a little bit different in that you know there are no secrets. It's it's a really horizontal structure. Um, and, and the reality is, especially in ag, you know, there, there's a limit on what people can pay for a product. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a manufacturing cost. Um, so, so in between the cost to produce that good and, and what the market will bear is that middle space where guys like me can make my money. Um, it's, it's, you know, you know, the only way it becomes infinite is if I can get the whole world myself, me, myself can get the whole world to use these products. Well, that's never going to happen. I mean, I can try and I can, and I can do a lot, but I mean, let's, you know, reality kicks in at some point in time. There's, there's, there's always limits on exponential growth. Um, so I wanted to throw that out, but the other, the other funny point I wanted to make about pyramids is I, I was having a conversation with our county sheriff, a uh, great guy, uh, thank the world of him. But he was telling me that one of the struggles he's having as a county sheriff is hiring deputies and keeping deputies because his deputies can only earn a percentage of what he makes as the county sheriff. That's the law, that's the rules. And the irony of it is that he only makes about $50,000 a year as the county sheriff, which means all of these deputies are making less than $50,000 to put in long hard hours, to get shot at, to deal with you know ugly people in ugly conditions. And, and it's really, it's really kind of a strange deal. And it's kind of like, wow, this is terrible. I said, you know, and, and so, you know, what does he do? Either get, get that changed to where the pay scales are, are the pay scales, not dependent on what he makes, or, you know, he's got to convince him to pay him more so he can pay his deputies more. It's, it's, you know, that's kind of a pyramid shape there again. It's, it's not real good. So, um, I guess we rattle on here for quite a while. I, I, I'd like to get everyone's uh, closing thoughts. I'll, I'll start with you, Phil. What's your, what's your thought? Uh, you know, kind of to wrap this up, you know, what we've talked about is a little bit about business structure, a little bit about products. And, uh, and then, you know, the theme there was each of us being in business, uh, being in business for ourselves, but being in business with uh, a company. Uh, that has products and, and has support for us doing what we choose to do to, uh, to try and make a business income. I think that's what people should look at rather than be concerned with whether they're, they're dealing with a company that's pyramid structured or not. Uh, again, you know, there's, there's, always, uh, there's always gimmicks and fly by night 
opportunities out there that that truly deserve the the reputation of a pyramid scheme scheme being the the, the important part of that uh, that name uh you know and and there's always somebody who's willing to be a part of those and if someone chooses to be that's fine but there are legitimate uh, business opportunities available with companies that operate as multi-level marketing uh, concerns or direct sales uh, companies. Uh, and most companies have some kind of pyramid structure to them. So again, due diligence as far as, you know, is it, uh, is it a company you're willing to be uh, invested in and, and work with? Uh, is, it, uh, is it a set of products or services that you think have value? Uh, and that you choose to uh, to share with other people for the purpose of uh, you know being paid, being paid for your efforts. Uh, those are those are probably the more important points for uh, someone to consider. What are your closing thoughts? Well, network marketing—that's uh, like we we've been saying all along. That's always a bad thing in people's mind. And the reason—why is that? The main thing I've, I've run across through the years is the fact that, oh, I'm afraid so-and-so is going to make, make some money off of me. Do you not think that anything you buy out of Walmart, people are making money off of you? I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the way the world works. If there is product move, somebody's making money. Uh, yeah. You get right down to it, there is less money being made through a network marketing system going to other people than there is the normal route of, of product movement because of the fact of all the, you figure all the trucking from warehouse to warehouse, you've got people stocking shelves, you've got people shipping stuff back out to you if you're doing like the Amazon thing. Uh, there, there's people making money off of you right and left. To where, like in our situation, you, you've got about three or four people that's going to make a little bit of money off of what you're doing. And I'm talking a little bit, not not huge amounts. Um, you know, you're talking anywhere from from five to eight percent, and that that's nothing to what some of this other stuff. If you actually look at, at the volume that that's going out, and you know. It, it's also kind of nice in this structure that I make money off myself. Uh, through my roofing business, we generally run oh, to $300,000 worth of roofing products. And we're drawing 8% back through me and another 6% back through my son-in-law. And, you know, yeah, that's 14%. Well, there's only one other person really making any money off of that. So we're, we're paying ourselves back. You know, it, it's all how, how you look at the whole deal is how, how it all works. And, uh, you know, it, it works out good for us. And I'll throw something in on that. That gives you, you know, because you're in a competitive industry, you got to go out and bid jobs and, and work with building owners. I mean, that, that gives you a nice advantage in, in terms of being able to compete for business that you know you're you can look at it, i'm making 14 percent, or i'm shuttling my prices 14 percent down below wholesale um that's a that's a big competitive advantage 
and the thing is not only that but we're running 23 percent discount on the roofing products and the amount of volume that we're doing so you take that 23 percent and add that 16 to it we, we can wreak a little havoc on on bid processes yeah yeah i mean that's that, that's a great it's, it's actually a great strength uh, and something I wanted to point out too on this on this manufacturing, in, in our case with Conklin, one of the things that lets Mick do what Mick does for a living is the fact that you know the, the product quality is such that he can go out and, and put a roof on and or, or do a repair, do you know whatever the building owner needs to be have done, and and Mick can go home at night and go to sleep and not have to to worry about product failure because. Because of here, and be, you know, as, as we talked about, Conklin really maintains the quality of their products. If you think about the other manufacturers that are moving things through the traditional uh, multinational, um, you know, something's got to give somewhere, uh, and it's usually in product quality. Um, that that's kind of where things get wrecked for for these things it's just it's it's not the same as it used to be that that's kind of what i hear all the time um and, and on the ag side of it you know we've we've been able to because we're sourcing so many of our raw materials out of the food side of things a food grade phos acid food grade materials to to build our fertilizers um you know every you know i i'm convinced that if an ag producer is involved in using our products, somewhere year two, year three, they will have a wowie moment. And that's why I describe them wowie moments. When things happen in their field with their production or their livestock that are seemingly, is seemingly impossible. And, but it's because of the quality of the products, the way things are built, how we're placing them, how we're using them, that that really sets them up for that level of success that they've never experienced before. So, um, you know, to me, as I said before, it's all about due diligence. It's it's understanding the market, and I, I think the next time we we probably ought to talk touch on this sales stuff this this emotional thing about sales and networking so um those are my final thoughts and and we'll just pick this up in the next episode and and mick and i need to go pay attention to candy sales so everybody have a great day and we'll catch y'all later